Well, that wonderful uh, message that we heard from our epistle, I'm going to read a little sentence from that. If they had been thinking of the land that they had left behind, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. This, of course, is telling us, recapitulating the story we know from Genesis, when Abraham receives this call from God to leave his very nice, well-established home in Ur, where I'm sure Sarah had everything arranged the way she liked and her garden planted. No, we're going to get up because God has told us he has another place prepared for us. And out of trust in God, they leave all that stuff behind and go across the desert to Canaan. And there is this dynamic that I want to talk about this morning in the Christian life that In order to fully receive God's promise, to fully enter into the joy of his kingdom, we often have to release one thing in order to receive the other. And this, of course, we see in the life of Abraham and Sarah. And one of the things we know about that is that not only does it bless them, it does bless them. Canaan turned out to be okay. It blesses millions and millions of others as well, as many as the stars of heaven, as the innumerable grains of sand. We actually, sitting here today, have been blessed by the trust of Abraham and Sarah to release what they had in order to receive what God had for them. I, I had a dog. Her name was Celeste. She was a Belgian shepherd. And so it was a big ask of Celeste that I decided she needed to learn how to retrieve. You know, it was sort of out of her genetic wheelhouse. I mean, she was good at running around and nipping at people and hurting them. But retrieving, you know, that really wasn't her thing. But I just, it would be good for her for exercise. <clears throat> she was very athletic. So you could throw that tennis ball and she could just leap up and catch it in her mouth. That all went very well. The problem came when Celeste had to release the tennis ball. So I found out what you do is you get a second tennis ball, and, you know, you you throw the first, she comes back, she's got that in her mouth, you throw the second one, she's supposed to get so excited about that second tennis ball that she drops the first one. But this is what happened. Celeste held on to that first tennis ball. And she would run after the second one, and when she got to it, she'd just furrow her brow and try to, like, put the second one in her mouth, too. Uh, Do any of you have dogs that do this? No. Okay. Well, actually, I kind of see that's a little bit of a picture of the way somehow I have tried to receive the kingdom of heaven. I try to hang on to that first tennis ball before I let it go to receive the second one. But this is the dynamic of the Christian life, that God has something much more wonderful for us in the kingdom of heaven, and we sometimes have to... No, not sometimes. We always have to to let go, release what we have to receive what he has for us. Well, okay, so if we think of this image of the two tennis balls... 
The first one being what we have. The second one being the kingdom of heaven. What is the kingdom of heaven, really? I mean, I think I was told I only have 10 minutes this morning, so I can't really tell you all about the kingdom of heaven, but I can tell you a little bit. One of the aspects of the kingdom of heaven is it's already here. It came when Jesus came into the world. He brought some of the kingdom of heaven. But also, there is another time in the future when the kingdom of heaven will be fully realized. So there's a present reality and there's a future reality. The kingdom of heaven is where God's will is done. That's that's the kingdom of heaven. Uh, Just a quick example, um, I was at the Y uh, the other day, and I sort of thought, I'm smelling a whiff of the kingdom of heaven. When I looked around at all the kinds of people who were there, all their different backgrounds, when I saw the dignity with which all people there were treated, the hospitality of that place, scholarships given to people who want to participate in the joy of of having fun and taking care of their bodies. Um, I was assisted by a staff member who was disabled. I mean, this, this sort of smelled to me like the kingdom of heaven already here in some way. But there is also a future time when the reign of Jesus is uncontested. And that is not yet, but it will be. And I want to be there. Another way of thinking of the kingdom of heaven is it's just sort of permeated with the personality of Jesus. Uh, And just briefly, because our gospel lesson alludes to this, his hospitality, his joyful hospitality, and I think particularly uh, of his post-resurrection appearance. You know, all the disciples had sort of messed up and abandoned him. But he decides to have this uh, cookout on the beach for them. And he makes this charcoal fire, and he grills up some fish, and there they come smelling that delicious fish. I mean, that's so Jesus. Bringing them in, and then forgiving them, that mercy of Jesus, and and, uh, fully reinstating them. That is the personality of Jesus, and that will permeate the kingdom of heaven. So, a little bit about the kingdom of heaven. That's tennis ball number two. Tennis ball number one. The stuff that we have that we don't want to let go of. Well, it's quite individual. I'm just going to name a couple things. But um, most recently for me, my number one tennis ball was leaving my home in Manchester. Now, I mean, I have to say Nashville is a lot more exciting than, you know, someplace across the desert that Sarah was facing. I was very excited to come to Nashville. But, you know, the comfort of my own home, comfort of my own group of friends that I knew I could call at any time, we could go out to dinner, my garden that finally looked decent, you know, and Richard, uh, you know, the Charles River where he rode. But there was a way in which... God's invitation to us to enter more fully into the kingdom of heaven, which is abundant life, was to let that go and come here. And you know, you cannot outgive God. You just can't do it. I actually challenge you to try. 
because the way God meets us when we let go of tennis ball number one is wonderful. So that's one thing. Another thing, um, maybe it's possessions. That's specifically named in our gospel lesson as something that we tend to cling to for our own security. You know, how much money do we need in our bank account to be safe? And Jesus names possessions as something that we need to be ready to give fully away. I mean, we know the dynamic of the kingdom of heaven is sharing generously. That's what it looks like. And in order to share generously, we have to give away. If you saw that moving truck pull up to our house, you would say, Marjorie, you could probably give away some of your possessions. And I'm going to name one more thing, specifically today, um, which is privacy. Privacy is something we really cherish, and it's a wonderful thing. But I know there are a bunch of Nashville fellows who are coming here, and they're going to give up not only a year to serve, but some of their privacy to live in people's homes. And that gift of their privacy, given to us and to Nashville, we know is going to bless us. But it's something they're going to have to drop in order to receive this kingdom life that God has made for them. So taking time to reflect a little on the kingdom of God, tennis ball number two, what God might be asking us to drop, tennis ball number one. And I would be remiss if I did not say that there's a quality of urgency to this invitation. That's alluded to in our gospel lesson with that master returning. Remember, and he finds some of the slaves alert and awake and some not. We want to be the awake ones. There's an urgency to this to releasing. I heard once a story of, um, of a man who was very, very wealthy. Uh, he had all his money was in oil, and he was asked to give a gift to a, a girl's orphanage. And he said, well, you know, actually, I've planned all my giving for this year, uh, but you can come back to me next year. Well, this was the 90s when there was that huge oil glut, and what happened between when he was asked and when he was asked again was that he lost most of his money. And when that orphanage came back to him, he, he said he was so sorry. He didn't have the money left to give. There's an urgency to responding to this invitation of God to release what we have in order to receive the kingdom of heaven and, and bless others. And of course, the example we have of this is Jesus himself. He released everything he released everything, his friends, his family, his life, everything he released, not only so that he could participate in the kingdom of heaven, as he gave his life on the cross for us, but to bless us, to bring us in to that table. I'm going to close with just a little piece of music. Uh, I've been given freedom to incorporate arts into my ministry here. This little piece of music, I want you to listen to it. It has two dynamics. One is one of urgency. You will hear it. It's Morse code. There is no more urgent language. It's the language of SOS. Beep, 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 beep. You'll hear that. And then there's this other piece of music that 
comes through. It is this beautiful melody of the richness of the kingdom of heaven woven into that. And so, as this is playing, just ask the Holy Spirit, what is it? What's my tennis ball number one? Rachel. Rachel. 